Welcome to the Cornerstone Baptist Church podcast. My name is Justin Wheeler. I am the preaching pastor for Cornerstone, and it is January of 2020. And this year on the podcast, I and some of the other elders of Cornerstone will be answering questions from members of our church and some questions that come in from our listeners. Uh, Also in 2020, we will be putting together some interviews with various people that serve at Cornerstone. And our goal for that is so that you will be able to get to know those leaders and those teachers and those individuals that you see on a regular basis, and just to get to know them better as a result of these interviews. And then finally, we will be doing some book reviews throughout the year. Uh, I and the other elders get questions about books all the time. People ask Uh, what they should be reading. They ask us what we are reading, and they even want to know our opinions and recommendations for new books that seem to be coming out constantly. Um, So we're going to be reviewing some books for this year, and we hope that all of this will be helpful to you as our listening audience, particularly for the members of Cornerstone Baptist Church. Now today, I'm actually going to stick with the theme of books, and I'm going to answer a question that I get all the time. I'm often asked by members of our church family, uh, and not just members, but uh, visitors and people that email in and things like that. I'm I'm often asked uh, for books that I would recommend to help an individual, a, a believing family, even a new Christian, to start a home library. I'm often asked by parents uh, for books that they can give to their teens to help them grow in their faith. And I'm, I'm asked all the time to give recommendations for something like a top 10 book list that every Christian should read. So here's the bottom line. People are very interested in what to read. I mean, we live in what many would consider a golden age of Christian publishing, especially for those who are Reformed uh, in their theology. There, there's a whole host of Reformed books that have come out, Reformed Christian books, even Reformed Baptist books that have come out. And, and people just want to know, hey, what do I do with all of this stuff? And so here's what I want to do for the next 20 minutes or so. I have a huge stack of books in front of me that I pulled down off of my bookshelves. And uh, I, I counted them just a minute ago. And including my Bible, there's 30 books sitting on my desk. And I want to just go through the list a little bit. I, I want to talk a little bit about how to read a book and how to learn from people that you even disagree with on certain things as you read their books. I want to give you a list of authors that have been helpful to me over the years, and, and, and I want to even tell you about some authors that I'll read just about anything they write because they're just so helpful to me. And so let me do some of that. Let me start off by uh, just referencing or mentioning the first several books and authors that I read when I became a Christian. Now, I became a Christian when I was in college. Um, I was in my second year of college. Uh, I became a believer. God drew me to faith through uh, pretty amazing circumstances. An individual that I had known for years uh, had not been a believer. He he became a Christian, and he shared the gospel with me. And and I became a believer in Christ and began to follow the Lord and got plugged into a church. And I had a pastor who was a pretty avid reader, uh, and he was very careful about the books that he read and the books that he recommended that we read. And so he recommended three books, three authors to me. Um, and so the first three books that I read were by John Piper, John MacArthur, and Martin Lloyd-Jones. For those of you who don't know the name Martin Lloyd-Jones, he was a pastor in Great Britain um, in the 20th century. Uh, 
And so the first couple of books that I was, uh, well, the first couple of authors that I was recommended to read were John Piper, John MacArthur, and uh, David Martin Lloyd-Jones. And and so the first book that I read actually was um, the book by Piper known as, is titled the, A Godward Life. Uh, I think it's got a new title now. There, there are, I have two volumes of this. There's book one and book two. And what they were, were just devotions, just short devotions that I would read throughout the day. Um, it was very helpful to me, but it also, I mean, Piper's not necessarily always light sledding. It, it, his, his writing is devotional in a sense, but it, it's head and shoulders, in my opinion, better than a lot of other devotional writing that's being done. Some of that stuff is just far too shallow. Well, Piper is not about shallow. And so I, I cut my teeth on John Piper's book, A Godward Life. And then the very next book that I read by Piper, it's also going to be one of the ones that was most helpful to me in my faith, was his kind of flagship work, Desiring God. Um, I, I highly recommend both of these books, either a, a Godward Life or the devotional works that he's put together. Uh, and I highly recommend Desiring God to you for, for several reasons. The, one of the first reasons that I think Desiring God is important is that it reorients uh, the, the readers, the Christians' thinking and uh, around, not uh, man, but around God. Uh, Piper's big key is that God is the blazing center of all reality and that um, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him, not in ourselves and not in His gifts, save the gift of His own Son. And so Piper was instrumental in forming my Christian worldview around the, the radical glory and grace of God, not me, not man. So I, I'm, I'm indebted to Piper, and I've read uh, dozens of his books, both his theology books and um, his biographies that he's done throughout the years. Highly recommend works by John Piper, but a, 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 especially the two I've just mentioned. Now, the first book that I read by John MacArthur was uh, a book titled Rediscovering Expository Preaching. Now, MacArthur is one of those guys, he's written prolifically. I mean, there's, there's dozens of books that MacArthur has written. I have a whole host of his commentaries that I found helpful over the years. So in addition to cutting my teeth on John Piper as a new believer, I cut my teeth reading John MacArthur. Um, and his, his commentaries have been helpful. Uh, I've found myself over the years find, disagreeing with some of his interpretations or even some of his theological presuppositions, but I, I always value MacArthur because he's a student of the Word. Uh, he is going to try to understand what the Bible says in its context and then present that to you. So he's immensely helpful. Um, and, and the book, Rediscovering Expository Preaching, uh, was not just helpful to me as a new believer, but also helpful to me as a pastor to learn how to handle the text of Scripture and how to communicate it in a compelling way and also in a faithful way. So recommend John MacArthur and, and many of his works. Uh, and then I read a book by Martin Lloyd-Jones. Actually, I read a biography about Martin Lloyd-Jones that was uh, published by Banner of Truth, um, it's a two-volume two work that was done by Ian Murray. Highly recommend it if you like long biographies. But the book that I've read and been most impacted by when it comes to Martin Lloyd-Jones is his book, Preaching and Preachers. Now, obviously, you can see a slant to this. <laughs> I'm a pastor. Uh, I've, I've given my life to ministry. And so the books that have been somewhat 
most shaping and influencing and helpful to me over the years are books that are aimed at the pastoral work. And so Preaching and Preachers is an excellent book. There are some uh, chapters that are worth the entire price of the book, so I highly recommend that. And Lloyd-Jones has written um, many different works. Uh, Most of the works that are published under his name are collections of his sermons. I have a a series of his sermons on Ephesians, and I have several books in his series through Romans, and these things are amazing. You can find a lot of uh, audio sermons uh, from Martin Lloyd-Jones. They're not modern, but but they're there, and you can find them from the Martin Lloyd-Jones or the MLJ Trust. You can find that stuff online. It's wonderful. One of our members is actually on the board of that ministry. And so those are the three authors that I read first as a new Christian, and I've continued to read those men and benefit from them over the years. But let me give you, I guess, a short list of books that I would recommend and and give you a little bit of an explanation as to why. I've already talked to you about Desiring God and how helpful it was in shaping my understanding of Christianity and my Christian worldview, not around me and not around man, but around God and His glory. Um, But what about some other stuff? Well, one of the books I recommend all the time uh, is a book uh, by the author's name is Graham Goldsworthy. And Graham Goldsworthy has written a a number of books. Um, He's written a book, a short little book called Gospel and Kingdom. And and many of our members have read that. Some of our elders have recommended that book pretty regularly. He's written a book on hermeneutics, which is the interpretation of Scripture um, called Gospel-Centered Hermeneutics. But the book that I, the first book I read by Goldsworthy was a book titled According to Plan. And it was a, an introduction to biblical theology, how you do the work of biblical theology, which is understanding um, themes, theological themes, as they are presented in the unfolding story of the Bible. And According to Plan was just monumental for me as a pastor and as a student of the Scriptures in understanding how the Old and New Testaments fit together in a a very seamless way. Um, It it was helpful in understanding, uh, you know, asking questions like, what role does the law of God, the Ten Commandments, still play in the life of Christians today? It was instrumental in me understanding some of those Old Testament scenes, those those monumental scenes like the Tower of Babel and uh, the the Exodus from Egypt and the kingship of um, Saul, David, and then Solomon, or the exile. His book was just fundamentally helpful in piecing that together for me so that I could understand how those stories foreshadowed the work of Christ and how Christ's work was the fulfillment of them. Highly recommend Graham Goldsworthy. Highly recommend According to Plan if you don't have that one already. Now, another book that I read and recommend is it's a book that I picked up when I was in seminary. Um, and I, I grab it off my shelf pretty regularly. I would say almost weekly. And it's a book by R.C. Sproul titled Essential Truths of the Christian Faith. And, and what R.C. does in this book is it, there, there's basically like a hundred different uh, theological subjects or terms or phrases that he, he just defines. I mean, it's really, really helpful. Actually, I just opened the book. There's 102 of them. But he, he just, if, if you're ever thinking through or reading through theology and you, you come across a word that you don't understand, 
Well, he's got it in his book, and he gives you about a page and a half devotional-type reading that explains it. And one of the reasons I love this book is that, well, it was really helpful to me when I didn't understand all those terms, but it's also even helpful to me now that I do understand those terms. Uh, he helps me to be a little more concise in my thinking because he, he words things really well. So anyway, Essential Truths of the Christian Faith by R.C. Sproul, highly recommended book. Uh, a couple more. Uh, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. Now, there, C.S. Lewis is writing in, in this particular book. He's writing at the end of the Second World War. He's writing to Christians. He's writing to you know, explain to Christians why the Christian faith is still relevant, why it's important, why they should consider it. And it was uh, published as a book after he had done a series of radio broadcasts where he presented these papers. And, and yes, it's a work of apologetics. He's giving an answer for the faith. There are many other books that you can read on apologetics. John Frame has an excellent book on apologetics. Uh, I'm going to recommend in just a minute Tim Keller's book uh, on apologetics. But Mere Christianity, uh, that some of the arguments contained therein are just timeless and so helpful. So I would highly recommend C.S. Lewis. You can read, um, he's got a whole bunch of different books, screw tape letters and various things. But Mere Christianity was one of those uh, those first fundamental books, uh, foundational books that I read, and I still I've gone back to it several times over the years to reread it. Very very recommended. Um, one you might not be familiar with. You've probably heard of some of those books, but you, you're probably not familiar with or may not be familiar with the book The Peacemaker by Ken Sandy. That's S A N D E. The title of the book is The Peacemaker, and what he does is he riffs on. Um, the the beatitude where Jesus said, "Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will see God um, or be called sons of God." It's just a, a phenomenal book of looking at the work of Christ and the way that Christ did His ministry uh, in in such a way that we can draw from it. And it's immensely gospel centered. He, he he's almost um, overkill when it comes to showing. Uh, the pastor, how in situations where peace needs to be established, where there's been a division, there's a there's a breakdown in the marriage, or there's a breakdown in the church family, or there's something going on there, and peace needs to be restored, he uses the gospel in a fundamental way. It, it's just a beautiful, beautiful work. So I just highly recommend that, especially for those of you who are maybe in situations where peace has been difficult to find, or you're constantly in a state of trying to bring peace from disunity, maybe at work or maybe in the home or maybe even in ministry yourself. So The Peacemaker by Ken Sandy. Very helpful book. Um, okay, another one. J.I. Packer is probably a name that many of you have heard of. Uh, the first book I read by Packer, uh, well, the first book you might have read by Packer may have been Knowing God. It's a Christian classic. Uh, I just read it a couple of years ago with my discipleship group, a group of young men that I work with on a weekly basis. Uh, so that was an excellent book. But the first one I read, and one I'm going to recommend to you, is the book titled Evangelism and the Sovereignty of God. When I first came to an understanding of Reformed doctrine or the doctrines of grace, uh, I, I just really struggled to find out how it all pieced together. And it wasn't that I denied certain things about it. I, I could see the evidence for those doctrines in Scripture, but I didn't know how they necessarily uh, impacted evangelism, for instance. And so in this book, I think Packer does a really, really helpful job of 
articulating arguments to support not only our embracing, our full embracing of the sovereignty of God in salvation, but also our faithful and bold work of evangelism. Because these two things are not mutually exclusive. They go hand in hand. Uh, and so that book was really helpful to me. I've given that book away several times, uh, and, and now I've got, I think, the third copy that I own. It's a, it's a really immensely helpful book. Um, a book that I often recommend to young people, especially teenagers or college-age students, uh, is a book by a, a modern author, a young modern author. He's basically my age, a little older, mid-40s. It's by Jared Wilson. The title of the book is Your Jesus is Too Safe. Your Jesus is too safe. And he's writing this book to a group of, well, he's, he's writing this book to Christians in the South who've grown up with kind of that cultural Christianity that, that if, you're in the, if you're from the South, you know what he's talking about. And what he's doing is he's trying to say, no, the Jesus you learned in Sunday school as a child on that felt board is probably not the actual Jesus of the scriptures. And so it's just a book about Jesus. And, and he walks through several chapters of looking at the gospel accounts to show us a true and compelling picture of Christ. It's an, it's an amazingly helpful book. Uh, and sometimes, I mean, it, it's very funny. Jared is incredibly witty. Uh, and I found myself laughing out loud as I've read his book. Uh, and I've read many books by Jared. I, he's one of those authors that I don't care what he writes, I'm going to pick it up. He's even written some fiction that I've read. Uh, he's got his recent book is The Gospel According to Satan, which is his take on how Satan might be tr trying to promote the gospel, or not promote the gospel, but try to um, take away from the gospel and detract from the gospel. I haven't picked that one up yet. It just came out this week, but I plan to do so. So Jared Wilson, your Jesus is too safe. All right, I got, uh, let's see, four or five more on this list, so I'll, I'll speed it up. Um, another author that I just want to read everything he writes is Ray Ortland. Ray uh, Ortland, O-R-T-L-U-N-D. Ray was a pastor in Nashville for many years. Um, he's a member of the Acts 29 Network. He's a, he's a trainer or a discipler um, for young pastors that are trying to plant churches. Ray has written several books. He blogs at the Gospel Coalition. He, he was my favorite pastor uh, to listen to online until he retired from full-time pulpit ministry. But he's written some immensely helpful books. And his book, Marriage and the Mystery of the Gospel, is a must-read. Whether you're married or not, I highly recommend you read this book. Um, he gives you a picture of Genesis 1 and 2 that is just profound. And he, he's just honest and faithful when it comes to handling the, the scriptures as it relates to marriage and, and how that points to the gospel. But he does it in such a way. He's so pastoral, so kind, so helpful. I, I just really appreciate men like Ray Ortland and Ray Ortland specifically. Now, a book I, I recommended earlier or just mentioned earlier is a book by Tim Keller titled The Reason for God. Really helpful book for uh, modern apologetics. He takes the seven major uh, objections that secular people have against the gospel and against biblical Christianity, and he answers them uh, both uh, from a philosophical standpoint and a biblical perspective, even a historical perspective. I mean, it's just a really helpful book. And then he rounds out that book with uh, basically his seven reasons why the gospel is something you should consider. Now, I really appreciate Tim Keller. I know that 
not everybody is going to appreciate every author on this list. And, and it's a good time for me to just say this. I, I don't have to always agree with everything that an author says or what an author writes. But, but that doesn't mean I can't learn from them. Uh, I, I learn from all kinds of people, even people I disagree with, because it helps sharpen my thinking. In this particular case, I, I found The Reason for God a compelling and helpful book by Keller. I will continue to recommend it, and I've appreciated uh, kind of watching uh, Keller's ministry from afar. Like I said, not everything that he does or says do I agree with, but he's a guy that, uh, that I think I can learn from in a lot of different ways, and I think you can as well. Um, Another book by Paul Miller, uh, A Praying Life. If you've ever struggled with prayer, which if you're a Christian, you probably have, and you've tried to find ways to think about prayer or to engage in prayer that are fresh and exhilarating, then you need to pick up A Praying Life by Paul Miller. Highly recommend the book. He's written several other things, but that's his flagship work. Very helpful to you. I think it'll be helpful to you. It was very helpful to me. And then lastly in this list, A Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan. Uh, it is uh, the, uh, I guess, the, the second uh, best-selling book in Christian history next to the Bible, and for good reason. It is an, an amazing gift to the church. Uh, we're going to be reading that this year as in our Cornerstone reading plan. Uh, if you don't have that book, I recommend that you get maybe a modern version of it and that you read it. Uh, and that you think about it, maybe discuss it with some other people, I I know you'll be blessed by it. So let me recap that. Desiring God by John Piper, According to Plan by Graham Goldsworthy, Essential Truths of the Christian Faith by R.C. Sproul, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis, The Peacemaker by Ken Sandy, Evangelism and the Sovereignty of God by J.I. Packer, Your Jesus is Too Safe by Jared Wilson, Marriage and the Mystery of the Gospel by Ray Ortland, The Reason for God by Tim Keller, A Praying Life by Paul Miller, and Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan. Those are 11 books that have been immensely helpful to me in my life as a believer and in my ministry, and I trust that they will be beneficial to you as well. Now, let me say a few more things before we wrap this up. Um, If you haven't read a Puritan paperback, if you've never heard of Puritan paperbacks, you have now, and I want to recommend uh, one of them. I'll, I'll recommend several of them to you. But Puritan paperbacks are, are just, well, they're, they're just that. They're Puritan works that have been condensed and often reworded and abridged um, and put into a paperback form by Banner of Truth, the Banner of Truth Trust. The first one of those I ever read is the one I'm going to recommend. It's uh, by John Owen, The Mortification of Sin. Uh, Now, you don't get words like that from modern authors. The mortification of sin. Mortification is how do we put sin to death? That's what it's about. That's what the word means. And it's a phenomenal book. It's It's not a light read, but maybe you're struggling with sin, or maybe you don't understand what repentance should look like, or maybe you've just neglected battling against the sin in your life and in your heart. This is, this is an excellent book, and the list of Puritan paperbacks is something that I would highly recommend. So get on that one. Um, if you haven't discovered biographies, it's time that you found some good ones. I, I read biographies every year. At least one, I read about a, um, a reformer, one of the Protestant reformers, and I present a, a, a lesson or a sermon to the church on that particular reformer. But I read biographies all the time. Um, 
I've I've read some from Banner of Truth. Uh, I've read some from um, John Piper has a, a list of biographies that he does in his Swans Are Not Silent series. Um, I even read biographies of of men that are not and women that aren't Christians. Um, I read Steve Jobs by Walter Isaacson, and I've, I've, I've read several. I just highly recommend that you find some good biographies, great men of the faith, great men of history, and, and learn from them. I found them really, really helpful. Uh, let me give you that short list of people that, no matter what they write, I, I really want to see what it is that they've done. Uh, I've already mentioned Jared Wilson. Really appreciate Jared. Ray Ortland is on that list. John Piper. I don't think you can go wrong reading anything by John Piper. Um, and another modern author, uh, Kevin DeYoung. He's a pastor. He's a public theologian. He's an author. He's a blogger. And he is just putting out solid works. Um, I can't say enough about Kevin DeYoung. Several of the books um, that I've read over the last couple of years have been his, and they've just been really good and solid, faithful works. So Kevin DeYoung is one of those. And here's one kind of out of the blue for those of you who like to study Old Testament or you you just want some maybe some commentaries. J. Alec Matier, that is A-L-E-C, Last name M O T Y E R J Alec Matier. I I read a work by Matier years ago. Um, it was a commentary. He he edited the commentary series, uh, the Message, uh, the Bible Speaks Today series, uh, and it. Well, I actually read one of the commentaries that he wrote, and it was phenomenal for me as a pastor. Uh, just has so much of a pastor's heart, but he's a legitimate Old Testament Hebrew scholar. And he's even done some work in the New Testament. If you can find a commentary that was written by Alec Matier, I recommend that you buy it. I think you will be blessed by it. Uh, his flagship work is his work in the book of Isaiah. He also did some work in Amos and, and in others. Just highly recommend that. Um, I, I, I may not agree with everything that these men say or what they believe. Some of them come from different uh, traditions. Some of them come from different theological camps than I do. But I always learn from their insight and perspective. I value what they have to say. Okay, a couple more things. For teens, there's three books I would recommend. One of them is a book we're reading this year in our, our challenge, our 2020 Cornerstone Reading Challenge. It's Why Trust the Bible by Greg Gilbert. It seems to always be an issue that young people have is, how, how do I know, why do I trust that this Bible is telling me the truth from God? Well, Greg Gilbert, in very short order, in just a little over 100 pages, is going to try to answer those questions, put some handles on that question. So I, I recommend that to young people. Um, just Do Something by Kevin DeYoung, phenomenal book on uh, understanding and um, embracing the will of God really helpful. It's also a short book, uh, not much over 100 pages if you get the the print version, 140 pages. I've recommended that many, many times. And then here's one from back in the 90s, Don't Waste Your Life by John Piper. Um, Piper loves to stray into philosophy as well as theology, and he does that in this book, but he writes in a compelling style. I think this might be a little more geared towards college students, but again, an immensely helpful book for young people trying to ask questions about the faith and trying to figure out how to live their lives uh, according to Scripture. So why trust the Bible? Just do something and don't waste your life. Okay. 
some of my favorite female authors. Uh, lots of women in the church um, have recommended books to me over the years, and I guess it was about uh, two or three years ago, I, I just began to build into my library more female authors. I want to hear what my sisters have to say, and I have not been disappointed in at, at least these women. So I want to recommend four of them to you. Jen Wilkin is one that some of you, especially some of our ladies, are probably familiar with. She's put out some wonderful uh, Bible study books and some um, really accessible books on theology over the last couple of years. Rosaria Butterfield. Uh, she's, she only has two books published that I know of. I've read both of them and have loved them both. She writes uh, incredibly well. Her most recent book, The Gospel Comes with a House Key, is on our reading list for, as a church for this year. Can't say enough about Rosaria and the work that she's done. Also, two other ladies that I've read or listened to on their podcast, Rebecca Merkel and Rachel Jankovic, two uh, young women who write with uh, commitment to the scriptures and traditional biblical theology, uh, and they do it with a great deal of wit and wisdom. And so I recommend them to you as well. All right, I'm, I'm rounding this thing out. Um, I read quite a bit of fiction, and if you don't read much fiction, I recommend that you do so as well. Find somebody that reads fiction and, and get some recommendations from them. I read a lot of Tolkien. Um, I've read some of C.S. Lewis. Um, I, I've read all kinds of different things in the fiction genre, but I, I recommend it. It's just helpful. Uh, again, biographies are a wonderful addition. Oh, by the way, um, I listen to a lot of books on Audible. If you're listening to my this podcast and you're thinking, how can I ever get through all these books? Well, one of the ways you can do that is to get an Audible account, or if you have a Kindle account, um, you can actually, through the Alexa app on your phone, you can have Alexa read those Kindle books to you. I don't know if you know how to do that. If, if, uh, <laughs> if you never heard about that at all, um, maybe now's the first time, and you can kind of Google that. You can look that up. It's a really helpful way to get through a lot of books, listening to them on an audio version. Currently, I am reading through several books. I'm, I'm rereading The Fellowship of the Ring. That's just a I read through Tolkien pretty much every year, every year and a half. I read through the whole uh, trilogy. Uh, I'm reading The Holy Spirit by John Owen. It's one of those Puritan paperbacks. Um, I also am reading several books on the Ten Commandments because that's what I'm studying for our uh, preaching uh, series right now. And I'm about to start the book Why Trust the Bible by Greg Gilbert because it's part of our CBC 2020 Reading Challenge. And then next on the list for me is a book by Christian Smith titled Souls in Transition, The Religious and Spiritual Lives of Emerging Adults. Now, I know this is a lot. I hope it has been helpful to you. I hope it answers some of the questions that you have asked me over the years and our elders over the years. Feel free, if you would like, to follow up with more questions or comments on our social media accounts or by email through our website. If you want to learn more about Cornerstone Baptist Church, you can find us online at cornerstonewiley.org. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at cbcwiley. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash cornerstonewiley. And you can use those uh, social media avenues to respond, to ask questions, to give comments if you'd like. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play uh, or whatever is your favorite podcast catcher so that you can stay up to date on all the new content. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>